I have all the answers. I mean, most of them are wrong, and I make them up. But. Yeah, we both do. Well, welcome to an inquiry into freedom with your hosts, Ron and Alan. That's Ron. I'm Alan. And uh, we had talked last episode about having a conversation regarding something that both of us can't remember because we're old. And um, something more, a little, maybe a little more important, or at least the top headline, one of the top headlines uh, currently, uh, Hunter Biden pleads guilty on tax crimes. Um, and uh, no jail on a felony gun charge. So a plea deal was made where um, he'll be charged with misdemeanors. Now, this has to be approved by a federal judge. Um, the plea has not officially, as I, uh, that I am aware of, has been made yet. Uh, that is supposed to happen um, in a hearing in front of the federal judge. But Hunt, it's funny if you if you read some of the articles regarding this topic. Uh, Hunter Biden's attorney made a statement that the plea deal re will resolve the Justice Department's criminal investigation into his client. But I have a question, Ron. Isn't Hunter Biden already a felon? Well, is he a convicted felon? Well, that's my question. I don't know. I, I, I really, you know, this is something that I should know. Um... But he has to be, or else there wouldn't be charges regarding lying on the, um, the form for the uh, background check. Yeah, for the drugs. Yeah, so, so he, he's convicted of something, is he not? He's guilty of something because he was not supposed to be in possession of a weapon. Right. So not only did he possess a weapon, but he lied to gain access and possession to that weapon. Well, so I'm wondering. I think you've you've hit on what I think is the most important thing. I don't think the most important thing is uh, is he guilty or not guilty, and what is he guilty or not guilty of. I think the more important thing is that we have no idea what any of the details are about any of his activities. It's all been hushed up. So, you know, I am more concerned about that than I am about whether he is properly charged. Well, um, I, where I was going with it is if he is, if he is a repeat offender um, and a uh, convicted felon, which I, I, I'm trying to find, and I'm not sure if he is or not. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, the... Because what the the problem with the yeah, the uh, gun application is is that he stated that he was not uh, addicted to okay drugs, and being addicted to drugs is not a felony. Um, no, no, even no, if, yeah, for even sure. if they're illegal drugs, right? 
Um, but to my knowledge, that is the felony he committed was okay. that he said that, no, I am not addicted uh, to narcotics or whatever. And he was. So he that is the lie that he told. Um, so as far as I know, he was never convicted of anything. And the, even the drug charge. I mean, how does how does he not get charged for these drugs? I mean, he wasn't smoking dope on the in a back alley somewhere. He was doing serious drugs. Um, so I want to know how he avoided any charges for drug possession, dealing, uh, possession with intent, all of that. So my that's where I go back to. He, he he committed a felony by lying on the form, but it, the felony had nothing to do with him already being convicted of something and lying about it. It had to do with his drug use. My, my gripe is, why don't we, why doesn't everyone know that? Yeah. You know, and why doesn't everyone know all the particulars about everything else? Um, because it's all just been hushed up. Um, the whole, I mean, I hate to do a whataboutism, but what if this was D Donald Trump Jr.? I mean, I think we would know what his eye color was and um, what, if he used a Bic pen or if he used a fountain pen. If, you know, we would know every, every little thing there was to do with this form. And wasn't that five years ago or something i mean that wasn't this wasn't just a recent thing right no it's been ongoing for quite some time yeah the laptop was five years ago right. i mean yeah this, so well, I, I guess that's where i was yeah i was more going with um if he had been charged previously he would be a repeat offender okay but also yeah. but also we have mentioned the term elitists on this program before I, we've also talked about white privilege to me this is an example of elitist privilege i believe in that i don't believe in white privilege i don't believe in any of that nonsense but i believe that if if you are a son of a former vice president and current president that you probably get some preferential treatment that you or i would not be privy to and so the, the white privilege thing to me is a, is a nothing burger. But the elitist privilege uh, absolutely exists. I agree. And, because and, and, I don't if, know, if, and I don't know if this is such a big deal because pleas are made all the time and, and deals are struck all the time between, you know, people that are charged and... and Charges are, 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 you know, sometimes go from felonies to misdemeanors. I don't think that's anything unusual. But what I think is unusual here is that, number one, what you had said. Number two, this is not an ordinary citizen. You know, the, the, the son of, of the CEO of Goldman Sachs is not an ordinary citizen. You know, Hunter Biden is not an ordinary citizen. So when, when we see these type of people 
get away with something that you or I, or like you were saying, you know, someone from the opposite side or someone you disagree with or, or really want to damage and hurt, they, they get run through the coals. And, uh, you know, this is one of them things where where's the pushback? You know, I, I see where if you, if you look this up, the Republicans are like, oh, this, you know, they're, they're, there's a huge outcry. I mean, there was a huge, and yet we don't hear huge, any outcry. <laughs> there was a huge outcry when the Death Star was destroyed in Star Wars. Yeah, what does that mean? Right. To me, that to me that's uh, that is uh, irrelevant. I mean, yeah. we we are all outraged and we all want to yeah. scream and yell. But what good does that do? Strong ladder to follow. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there for, for you to, you know, understand where I was coming from. I, I wasn't yeah. sure if he had been charged before because the guy's just got such a, a shady, he's just a shady person. You yeah. know, you would think that somewhere along the line he would have gotten busted for something. He was thrown out of the military for drug use. I mean, he should have been yeah. charged with something then. Well, you're right about that. It's just... We don't know enough about any of this clown's activities to really have a good conversation about, well, this was uh, okay in this case, but not in that case. And, and, and I get he's not the one who's in office. So they're, they're used to, before Trump came along, there used to be basically a policy of leave the family alone. If, and, and I'm fine with that as long as they're not doing something that is uh, mixing them up in the country's business. And Hunter Biden is clearly mixed up in the country's business. I mean, uh, and to the, ex the extent that he is has been covered up. Uh, and so, I agree, leave the family alone until they commit a crime. Well, I mean, we've talked about a number of things over time. I mean, let's just pick a name, um, uh, Vitable. Okay, we were talking about Vitablo as a pitcher. Okay, uh, well, drug use and all of that too. But, you know, uh, he was a good person, but but that's not where I'm going with this. I'm, I'm saying that if Vitablo did what Hunter Biden did and he lied on a federal gun application, then he's going to get the book thrown at him. And Vita Blue's black. And it, I think this is where some people make a case of white privilege. Well, Hunter Biden's white and Vita Blue's black. Yeah. They're treated not, they're not treated the same. Yeah. And yet your point about elitism is, is more important because the, the fact that Hunter Biden is white makes no is irrelevant in this case. It's the fact that he's an elitist is why he has been let off the hook. It has nothing to do with skin color. So if uh, Donald Trump Jr. had done the same thing, he'd get the, thrown, the book thrown at him. If Hunter Biden does it, then he gets let off. So by DeBlue's problem is not that he's black. His problem is, is that uh, he is not a politically influential person. 
And that's the elitism at work. The elitist people get carved out. And then now we've had this big deal where if you're a member of the elitist party, then you get carved out for better treatment than the other party does. And we've, we've had accusations of, of things like that in this country before, and sometimes fairly and sometimes not. But it has never been so blatantly obvious. Um, I just, can you imagine had Donald Trump Jr. done this? No, they'd have what? raided his home. I mean, yeah, you know, with but, with thirty ar heavily armed FBI agents, and and it would have been, uh, you know, televised live on CNN and and MSNBC and all the all the you know the the well, normal things that that we're used to, uh, and for sure he would he would be, you know, it would be like the top headline and the top news story for a week or, or uh, even all the way up to the election, because that's, yeah. that's what they do. They interfere in elections. Well, and they'd probably try to uh, impeach the Donald over it too. I mean, yeah, no, they yeah. just were, they're just so set your hair on fire crazy that they were just using any excuse to do anything. And, it's just outrageous that we do not have equal protection under the law. Um, the, the other thing that I think of is that the, well, I better not go there. It's just, it's very inefficient use of time. The, uh, the thing is, is that we've, well, I better, just because I just have to say it. But that we only, we almost didn't find out about this because the FBI covered it up. Well, 51 uh, liars that well, lied about Well, no, no, no. The FBI covered up the fact that he had lost or misplaced this weapon. Oh, well, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, well, I, I'm sorry. It wasn't the FBI. It was the Secret Service. Um, so, yeah, yeah. which is my point to my point of, you know, if the, someone's not messing with, them, with what's going on in the country's business, then leave them the hell alone, even if they're a, a president's child, you know, which I agree with. But the Secret Service interfered with the investigation of what happened with this weapon. They actually confiscated the application from the gun store, and they tried to just cover it all up. Well, that's gone way beyond whether it was me or you or Vita Blue. That is, uh, you know, that's our secret service that inserted themselves into protecting a relative of a president. And they've, yeah, yeah. And the sad part about that is, is fair we, game. Yeah, we have we have mentioned the Secret Service on this show, and and given them high praise. Uh, but the Secret Service denies that they conducted any investigation and even went to the 
the gun store, uh, which is we we know they're lying. Yeah. Now, the argument can be made that that just goes to show you that the entire agency isn't corrupt and it's just a few bad apples. And and that's what we on the left say about the FBI and the DOJ is that you know not all of the people there are bad people and. You know, that's still one of the top agencies in the country and, and even in the world. Well, is it really? Yeah. No, it's not. Sorry. It's not. How many of them, how many of them did any arrests over this? You know, that, that's my guide is. But is I mean, they're throwing, they're throwing people in prison for 30 years. For just walking through the people's house. Yeah. I mean, think yeah. about that for a second. And and we have a, a a a guy who is the son of one of the uh top political leaders, and I use that term. <laughs> I shouldn't even use that term, but uh, that's been in our government for years, almost as long as I've been alive. And uh, he, he, this is basically, a, a, you know, a slap on the wrist. You know, like, like when your child was first learning how to eat and they'd always drop the the spoon on the floor and you pick it up three or four times and eventually you slapped your hand and said, hey, don't do that anymore. This, this is exactly how Hunter Biden is being treated. Even after admittedly going on, on a, what is it, 60 minutes or whatever and, and admitting that he lied. Yeah. And admitting that, hey, uh, by the way, if your father wasn't the vice president, would you have gotten a position at Burisma? Uh, probably not. I mean, he admitted to it. It's on tape. Right. Again, people lie all the time, but cameras don't. Video doesn't. And, and we know that he's not a good person. I mean, you know, and I'm not saying that because he was addicted to drugs. I'm just saying that overall. No. I mean, he doesn't even, yeah. he doesn't even want his own child to, to use his name and then he doesn't want to pay for it. Right. Well, you're a loser. You're a straight-up loser. There's yeah. no question. And he hides all of his income, all of his dirty income, uh, from the court so he doesn't have to pay his ex-wife or, well, actually his girlfriend, uh, or yeah, hooker, uh, support his child, whatever the hell she was, and, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, that's that's bad. I mean, that that's what I would I don't try not to judge people, but you know, that's that's putting you in the bad person category. I would agree, and and oh by the way, um, why don't we know about the tax situation? If he's pleading guilty to some misdemeanor about his taxes. Well, what is the problem with taxes? Because my understanding is he got all he paid all this money, but he didn't pay any taxes on it. So we've got a problem with the fact that a he didn't pay his child support, 
and he also did not pay the government for his taxes on all that earned income. Yeah, I wonder so what uh, Willie what Nelson. What the hell? Wonder what Willie Nelson would have to say uh, about. Oh well, all he has to do is some uh, community service and pay a fine. Well, sadly, um, Willie Nelson would probably be fine with this because <laughs> he he's a Biden voter. Yeah. So you know. Um, yeah, he, he'll he'll take one for say. the team. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, he may have a great voice and all of that, but. Um, if he wants to sell his soul to the devil to be a, a Biden supporter, then screw Willie Nelson. Um, I mean, if... But uh, you know what if, I'm referring to. Willie Nelson's... I do. I do. Uh, yeah, because he, he, lost the, he lost his golf course. He, I mean, they went after him. Yeah. Um, and and that's, a, that's a fair comparison, I think, that you're making. Um and, and a lot of other folks, too, because I, I don't know that Willie Nelson tried to dodge taxes or what have you. I, I have no opinion about that. But but I know that he was pursued a hell of a lot more seriously than Hunter Biden. I mean, Hunter Biden's been given a pass for doing a lot of things that, well, the, the average person, average citizen who's not a politician in this country doing what Hunter Biden has done in his life. Let's just say the last, I don't know, 10 years, we would be in jail for something, mm -hmm. something. I mean, we don't even have to be that specific because we know that all of us, well, we know that we don't know all the details, but we do know enough detail about enough different legal issues that there's a lot of fire where the smoke's coming from and we're not being allowed to see it. And that, again, that bothers me more than anything. Yeah. So. Well, I, I, I wanted to, I just mentioned Willie Nelson mainly because he, he was, you know, put in prison for, evading taxes. Mm -hmm. Wesley Snipes went to prison for, I think, six years. Um, and and that's that's names that people can relate to. I mean, if you said, yeah. you know, your, your neighbor, uh, you know, Billy Bob went to prison for tax evasion, people would be like, yeah, don't, whatever. But again, we're not talking about the normal average citizen. And... Um, the fact that that you know people go to jail all the time for not paying their taxes, and this guy gets a you know a plea deal, you know down to a misdemeanor and and some community service and pay a fine. Again, I I, I just I chalk it up to elitist privilege, uh, which I I believe in. Um, and, and you've mentioned the FBI and, and that they didn't do any investigating and, uh, real investigating and didn't arrest anybody. Um, I don't know if you heard this, 
but I, I wanted to, I've been wanting to bring this up um, a couple of times. Uh, we had we had mentioned um, John Kennedy uh, running for president. John John Kennedy Jr. Oh, Robert F. Or, I'm Kennedy sorry, Jr. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. My bad. I don't know if you saw where he did an interview. No. And, and uh, he brought up that he he is careful since he's announced his run that he is extremely careful because he doesn't want to be assassinated by the CIA like uh, his family members. He actually yeah. said that during the interview. And I know that you and I have differing opinions on that whole situation. But I found that interesting that, that someone like him who comes from the left uh, would, would say something like that out loud uh, with very little evidence to, well, that's, that's debatable as well. Uh, I just found it odd that he would say something like that. That he walks, he treads lightly and is always, you know, aware of his surroundings and what he says and what he does so that he's not assassinated. I just found that bizarre. Yeah. Well, he's one of the few people who can say it and not be accused of, uh, you know, puffery. You know, if Trump said that, then he'd get accused of uh, trying to make a mountain out of a mole. Uh, inciting violence. Yeah. But if <laughs> uh, if Robert Kennedy says it, then, yeah, I think he's one of the few people walking around who has a legitimate beef about what can happen if you allow your government agencies to run around doing things they shouldn't. Um, I mean, Trump got taken out by those same agencies. I mean, that's why he's not president. Um, they just, they found that they didn't have to use a bullet to get him. But I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that they would have. Um, but Robert Kennedy's got a legitimate gripe. And I, I don't agree with the guy on a lot of things. And we've talked about that. Yeah, no, I don't either. That, yeah, but he's he's a smart man. He uh, I I don't have a, a gripe with him on uh, basically his his methodology on how he looks into things. I just have a gripe with him on he's he's interested in using the government to get into people's lives, and I don't agree with that. But on the on the things that you know where government needs to do this, that, or some other thing to fulfill their constitutional duty, I agree with him a lot. And this whole COVID uh, BS is something that I absolutely agree with him on, and I've agreed with him on it from the get go. Um, he has, uh, but, but he's really done a great job of researching 
the science behind not just COVID, but generally with respect to, to viruses and vaccines and, and uh, vitamins and, and that sort of stuff. And he's, he's not a nutcase. He's, he's really well informed. And jeez, uh, he was one of the early ones out saying, I don't know if we ought to do this. Um, so he's got a, he's got some good points. It's just that I, I don't, I don't think he went as far as he could have given how influential he and his family name are to fight the Biden administration and fight his own party when they were given so much trouble to Trump. Um, I think he, I would have more respect for him if he had come out and done something backing up Trump, even though they're in politi different political situations, there's a lot of similarity in the classical liberalism that the two share. Um, so you're, you're, you're talking about your uh, I just want to uncle play this real who's quick. assassinated and you believe the intelligence agencies were part of that. What happens to you? Well, I got to be careful. And I'm aware of that and I'm not, you know, I, I'm aware of the, of that danger and, you know, I don't live in fear of it, um, you know, at all, but I'm not stupid about it and I take precautions. I just wanted to play that real quick just to put some context of, with what I had mentioned, but uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I don't. Well, he was, you were talking about he's uh, he, he, he was very outspoken about uh, the vaccine and COVID. Yeah, I, I just don't know that he, he was fighting a battle with respect to the the vaccine, but he wasn't, he wasn't quite going as far as, as fighting a political battle over it. And, and what was going on was a political battle. What had nothing to do with science. People weren't listening to him because they weren't engaged in a scientific argument. And he was. And Trump doesn't have the background of science. It's just not his field. If they were arguing about uh, what to do with some sort of real estate deal, then yeah, he's got the knowledge. But Robert F. Kennedy has has made himself an expert in those things in the last 20, 30 years. So I just think he would have been far more effective had he looked at it as a political battle instead of just a scientific battle. Um, I'd be interested to hear what his input would be on that. Uh, but no, I did not see the interview at all. I heard there was some sort of a offer to have a debate between him and someone else who was uh, pro-vaccine. Well, it wasn't a vaccine, though. I, I'm not sure what to even call this 
<laughs> the COVID shot. And yeah, because it's not a vaccine. It's a fraud. Uh, but, but at any rate, I heard that there was an opportunity or an invite or something to do a debate and whoever it was who was on the uh, pro-Fauci side would not do it. Um, but no, I, I think I think he's a smart guy. I, you know, I think we ought to listen to him. Yeah, I, so I think he's done some, some good things. Uh, you know, for, for, uh, argument's sake, but as far as politics goes, I don't think that he would be, uh, much of a difference, uh, when it came to the agenda of the left. Because as you, as, you, as you have pointed out several times, um, even, even if he went in as a classic liberal and you would look at him and think that's what he is, he's going to get pressure from, you know, the, the Marxists. That's, I mean, that's what's happened with Joe Biden. I mean, you know, he's mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to go in and unify the country and, you know, all this other garbage. And he's done nothing but the exact opposite. Yeah. And adopted all of these ridiculous policies for, you know, uh, social justice and all this virtue signaling crap that we have to deal with every day. Um, and, and not doing anything, dare I say, to fix the potholes. I mean, what, what has he done? It's crazy to me that you see a poll that shows that if Donald Trump and Joe Biden, if the election was held tomorrow, that 43% of the population, the voting population in this country would still vote for that man. <laughs> the question is why. I, I would yeah. love. I would love for someone to come on and explain to me in in rational in a rational adult way what this man has done to this point in his term that has benefited anyone. Now, I would almost bet the farm that that person would say, well, he inherited, you know, a horrible situation. Because <laughs> that, that, that's what they always do, right? Oh, yeah. The left so always cool. inherits something that's just, uh, you know, it's just the, the Republicans ruined everything and, and we're still in, in cleanup mode. You know, I've I've always joked and been sarcastic about, you know, it was it was Trump's it was Obama's economy, uh, you know, for the first three and a half years of Trump's presidency until COVID came around and then it was Trump's economy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't happen that quickly, folks. 
You can destroy it a lot quicker than you can rebuild it. That, that's, that's a fact. Uh, but isn't that, isn't that what, you know, um, Obama's biggest thing was? Oh, we inherited such a bad situation. You know, they, they never take responsibility for their own screw-ups. And I'm not saying that the Republicans do. The Republicans don't take any credit for anything, whether good or bad. <laughs> they just, they're just so passive. Yeah, what a bunch of roly-poly morons the Republican Party is. I mean, what a bunch of useless people. You know, it's, it's um, frustrating because I'll tell you something. Um, I think that a lot of times, and I'm speaking from personal experience, that, that true conservatives um, stay home. They've always had an issue with getting out the vote. And I don't know that it's such a, an issue of you know, people that are registered or what or whatnot. I think it's more of an issue of I'm just tired of voting for these people that do absolutely nothing. Yeah. See, that's the difference. You know, Democrats will go out and vote party line because they're Democrats. True conservatives will stay home and not go vote at all because they're tired of the bullshit. Well, there were an awful lot of Democrats that voted who didn't even know they voted. Well, there's then there's a lot that. of them. A lot of them weren't even alive. Well, then there's that too. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the real. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about that issue because the Republicans are doing what they always say, which is. Oh, this is just so bad. It just tells us we have to get out and vote in the next election to change it. Yeah, because we can outvote the cheating. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like it's the same old crap they've always said. Yeah. You know, and, and the Democrats will say that, too. But, you know, the Republicans have never controlled the important precincts in major uh, MSAs. So, oops, sorry. I don't like using lingo. An MSA is a, is a metropolitan statistical area. So that's the real estate guy in me. So um, like Denver is an MSA. It's a, a very large MSA. Um, so, the 25 largest MSAs or cities um, in the country, I think, are all Democrat controlled. I could be wrong there, but if uh, I'm not off by much, right. maybe two. Mm -hmm. So the, the challenge we have is, is that the Democrats control the precincts, the voting precincts, and how those things are run and supervised and the republicans have very little uh involvement in them because they've pretty much given up on the major cities anyway we've talked about that that 
that happened a long time ago, back in the uh, 70s, basically, is when they walked away from major cities. But the, the Democrats control it, and that is how they stuff ballot boxes. And anyone who thinks that just turning out and voting for these people is going to make a difference, uh, they're foolish. Um, I mean, folks can criticize me for being a, a voting denier or whatever they call that, but um, we yeah, no they, one has no one has proven that Trump lost the last election. They've not they have not proven that Biden won. Now the electoral college stuff that was all done out in the open, but how the electors got challenged was not. So they have yet to prove that. And I think that a good, healthy country needs to be able to prove that their elections are done properly. And we cannot. I mean, we would call anyone else handling things the way we do a third world country. Mm -hmm. If, uh, Uganda voted the way we do, we would say, oh, there's no way we're going to send money there because look at how, you know, that's just right for corruption. Uh, so we need to, we need to clean our act up. Uh, and until we do, I think we've got to stop assuming that anyone can go out and win an election and change the world because even if Republicans did win the presidency next time around, uh, I would say personally, if anyone other than Trump's elected, it's pretty much irrelevant anyway. Yeah. Because he's the only one who's fighting the fight that needs to be fought. Everyone else is just a, a same old, same old. Well, that's why we say, have the problems we have. Yeah, and I would say to somebody who, who said I was an election denier, I would just look at him and simply say, "No, I'm a, tr a truth seeker." You know, I yeah, I yeah. want to know the truth, and and the the problem is, and that's the problem with a lot of things, right? That you know, those of us who who want to know the truth, who are seeking the truth, who want to know you know, what's going on and what's happening uh, behind closed doors and in back rooms with these deals and stuff. That if you, if you came to me and said, hey, I have the proof right here that, that Joe Biden actually garnered 80 million plus votes, then, then I would accept that. Because then I would know, okay, well, you know, it, it, this is the truth. But like you were saying, n nobody has, has come forward and said, hey, I have 100% determined and have the, the evidence and the proof to show that the 2020 election was fair. That there was, there was no corruption. I don't want to hear this, oh, there was a little bit. Oh, there was just a, there was a little, but it wasn't enough to change anything. Wasn't widespread. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't widespread. It wasn't, you know, I, I don't want to hear that. 
I, I want I want to be as a citizen, and someone who is a uh, a constitutionalist wants to hear that our elections are safe and secure, and that there's no fraud, or or at least a, a, a real attempt to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And then if and then if it is found that whoever is committing that fraud is held accountable and goes to jail or is at least charged. Well, exactly. Yeah. It's like, let's just be honest about it. And, and if, and on an ongoing basis, let's put in place the things that need to be done to verify people who are voting are legit to vote. And I, and there's a huge pushback against even doing that, you know, with voter ID. But the reason they're against voter ID has nothing to do with the racist reasons they, they claim because blacks for some reason cannot do something to get a voter ID card. It's like, seriously, how, how insulting is what they're saying? Yeah. And yet, and yet they don't get mauled over it like they ought to. So, you know, the, there's no reason we can't have voter uh, ID cards with um, photos and just like a driver's license. I mean, why don't we even have a driver's license and and a uh, passport and a voter ID and a couple of other things that are all wrapped into one? And have that in a database and that way you can use that id card for any of those things mm-hmm. and that just makes a lot of sense to me well i, so when I, go I haven't heard anything better so why not just do that and uh be able to prove that you did uh, a certain number of uh spot checks or what have you and and put out an announcement after it's it's been done and say uh we verify that uh the the nation's elections were okay we found a case of someone uh sneaking in ballots uh that were legitimate or not legitimate or whatever in atlanta and uh we have uh, arrested that person and 10 other people for doing whatever and uh, they are being prosecuted uh it was the only case uh uh, like that we found around the country and just as a matter of disclosure we're just telling you now uh where it was and and that sort of thing we'll keep you up to speed on on the prosecution of the case well fine if we had that in place i would have a lot different view on on this stuff but right now I've got to look at it all and say, no, no, this, there's no re- no way we can rely on that. I think the Republicans or non-Marxists need to get out and make way more noise than BLM did and make it obvious that we're done. We're not, we're not going to put up with this garbage any longer. Well, and it's funny uh, though, uh, so the Supreme Court is uh, either has or is about to make a decision that uh, could change elections 
profoundly. So they are uh, set, I believe, Thursday. There's a couple of uh, cases that they're supposed to rule on before they go into the, uh, the break. And one of them is, uh, did the election boards and the secretaries of state in these battleground states have the authority to change election rules uh, above the state legislatures? <laughs> They're getting ready to rule on that. And I'm telling you yeah. right now, if they rule that they had the power to do that, then then just send all the state legislatures home. Yeah. Don't don't they're even not, have them anymore. There's yeah, no they, use uh, for them. Yeah, they're not they're irrelevant. Um and and I don't so he, here's the here's the question. Let's say they rule that this that they illegally changed uh rules that were only allowed to be changed by the state legislature. What happens to the 2020 election? Like the Democrats say, nothing is going to, it's not going to be reversed. Um, we just have to make sure we do better going forward. That became the argument, right? It went from mm -hmm. no fraud to very little fraud. It wouldn't have changed to no widespread fraud. Now, throw in a little sprinkle on the top with the uh, these battleground states changing, you know, the, the secretaries of state and the head of the election boards changing the rules just before the election. Yeah. Now they use COVID like everything else that happened during those two years. Yeah. Uh, COVID was the excuse. Yeah, but it's an arbitrary decision. Yeah. They don't uh, have the authority to do it. And well, it should yeah. have been heard on an emergency basis when they. But where does it say it that in any constitution? I mean, it doesn't say that. Yes. It doesn't even say that in a state constitution. In these states, that mm -hmm. that the secretary of state or the election, the uh, head of the election boards, or or whatever they're called, have the authority to change the rules. It, there's no law. Yeah. There's not even a guideline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that gives them that kind of authority, right? So, mm -hmm. so I'm curious to see because if they, if they, there's two things. Uh, one is ob the obvious that if they rule that they had that kind of control and authority, that changes elections forever. Because they can do that. Uh, moving forward anytime they want to if that's if that's the ruling and the state legislature has no say so whatsoever now if they if they say yeah you guys did something you shouldn't have done well doesn't that doesn't that prove or or at least add some credence to the argument that they were they should have not ever been allowed to have done that Exactly. And that change, that's in, that's election interference. It is. I mean, obvious it's election a, interference. It's an illegal, it's, it's both illegal and unconstitutional. Yes. But, but what, so, are, so, so then, then it becomes, well, 
we can't go back in time. So they moving forward, you know, we, <laughs> we, we can't. But as you and I have said, Trump wins a real, you know, the, if he's reelected, I think he should get two terms. Yeah. Now they're doing everything under the sun to make sure that doesn't happen. They announced that uh, he'll be his trial is set for August fourteenth. Man, that's fast. Uh, I mean, thirty-seven charges, thirty-seven federal charges. Yeah, I think isn't that August of August, next year? Uh, because pretty, it isn't this year. Um, I could be wrong, but. Uh, yeah, it's there might be a hearing then, but no, it, it won't be until next year. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, it's preposterous. Uh, U.S. And District it, Judge Eileen Cannon has set an initial trial date of August 14 in Florida on former president president donald trump's federal charges uh, of willful retention of classified government records and instruction of justice so that that's this coming august yeah but that that's the initial trial date which is that's but a I mean, procedural isn't that, well sure yeah um, there, there won't there will not be a, a trial with jury and all that crap until next year so that's just a procedural. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I, I think they're going to do everything that they possibly can to try and make it happen. And I don't know how they could uh, to make it happen before the election because they're doing everything they can. This is, and I don't want to say this as a, a biased person. But this is this is what election interference looks like. Well, yeah, it's basically, it's how Russia co conducts elections. You know, Trump, uh, Putin's last uh, opponent is still in jail. So, you know, if that's the best comparison we have, and actually, I think the same as the case for Ukraine. I could be wrong on that, but I think uh, that the little guy in the tracksuit's opponent in the last election is also in jail. I'll have to look into that. But that, that's basically how these, that's how the third world nations work. And we're we're a third world nation. I mean, we people who think we're a we're a free uh, country now are just nuts. We're not a free country. So, no, not not even. I mean, we're not even close anymore. No. So I sent you so, I sent you the article um, where the IRS. Uh, raided the gun shop in Montana. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And <laughs> the the it, I don't know if you read it, but um, I did. Twenty agents, twenty armed, heavily armed IRS agents in Montana. So what the hell? What the hell's all that about? I mean, it it didn't say why they were there. Because I have to wonder if it's IRS agents and they're armed and there's 20 of them. Why on earth are they doing a raid? Because the IRS, if they're looking for business records, in other words, are these people selling and so the, recording their sales or so is the there warrant, something else? The warrant issued uh, for them to... Uh, the search warrant that was issued uh, was limited in scope to financial records. That's what they were there to seize. But they took the 4473s, which uh, include the, uh, the gun purchaser's name, gender, date of birth, address, location of birth, social security number, and the serial number of each gun purchased at the store, which far exceeded the, what the warrant uh, allowed them to do. Um, the ATF is doing the same thing. And, and I think this is kind of a precursor to exactly what these 87,000 IRS agents that uh, they're training uh, you know, to be new employees is is what they're going to be used for. You know, we know that they want a database. They already have one. I mean, these records are, mm -hmm. you know, that when, when I go and, and I fill out a background form, the government knows what I bought. And unless I buy all my arms and ammo privately from a friend or, or whatever, they know exactly what I purchase. Then we, have, then we have them going to the credit card companies wanting them to put a specific code on those purchases because they, they want to know everything. Well, Alan has blah, blah, blah and this number of rounds. So if we ever go to his house, he'll be able to make a final stand for about 15 minutes because that's all the rounds he has. I mean, I, I, <laughs> just making crap up, but... Well, all mine were stolen. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but this is what they want to do. We, we know they want this database. Yeah. And, and, and is, is it wrong? Well, it, if you go by the Constitution, yeah. First of all, this was an illegal search and seizure. But you have the right to privacy. And again, these are things that, that I don't understand why the normal citizen is not sitting there going, and this is disturbing. What happened to my right to privacy? Now, the argument becomes, well, what about mass shootings? And, and we want these databases so that we can red flag people that, that might carry out a school shooting or, you know, go to a Walmart, whatever. I get it. I, I'm not against that. 
But you've you've brought up where does your where do your rights begin and mine end? Yeah. I'm not a criminal. You're not a criminal. Most legal gun owners are not criminals. So therefore, there's nothing for you to investigate when it comes to me. You can't just investigate me because I have a different opinion than you. You don't get to search my background and, and know everything about my life just because I happen to be conservative and own a few weapons. It doesn't give you the right to infringe upon my right to privacy. But they have all these people's information now, including their social yeah. security numbers. Yeah, it's, it's just like the overreach that the uh, NSA did with all of the various uh, intelligence gathering, you know, when Clapper lied about, oh, no, we don't uh, intentionally uh, gather all of that information together and, and collect it and categorize <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, and we're supposed to believe that. Yeah, exactly. Because you well, said it makes it true. Yeah. Yeah. So, by the way, why wasn't he prosecuted for lying to Congress? So, you know, it it's just that our 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 government is not representing us. Uh they're they're completely out of touch with the citizens of the country uh at least half of them so i i read something the other day about uh ben carson and he was commenting on his fear that the the country cannot last as a republic uh much longer if if things are going to continue the way they are. And I kind of have to wonder if, if maybe the question ought to be asked if we're even a, a functional republic any longer. You know, I don't, I'm not pretending I have an answer for that either. I just think it's a really good question. Because uh, he's right. Uh, if, if we still have a functioning republic, then it's not functioning very well. And it isn't going to last much longer uh, if it hasn't already gone. Uh, you just cannot have all of your uh, institutions of government operating to serve and serve, protect and defend one political ideology and the hell with everybody else. But how and do we prosecute their their opponents? But isn't it even even bigger than that? How do we get away from everything being politicized? Like everything's politicized these days. It's yeah. it's aggravating. How do you get away from that? Because we look at everything through a political lens. Um we do so on this show because that's part of the show. But I don't walk around every day of my life, uh, you know, like like you and I have mentioned, you know, counting how many uh, 
black people happen to be in the restaurant I'm in and, and whether there's gay or transgender people there. I mean, I don't, I don't look at everything through that prism. I don't, I don't care about things like that. I don't look at, uh, although I see, I see it, I, I see it being played out. I don't participate in it. Um, I think that's a big thing that, that has, that, that caused, caused such a divide in our country is that everything is political now. Yeah. I mean, our lives, our everyday lives, whether it be, you know, Bud Light or Target or Kohl's or some other corporation that's just rubbing it in our face every single day. When we never used to have to deal with that kind of stuff. You can't watch a television program anymore. You can't see a movie without a political <laughs> statement. Without I was sort just, of yeah, I was just thinking, uh, as you said that, do, do you remember when Tucker Carlson's last night was? Wasn't it like three weeks ago? Yeah, give or take, somewhere around there. Okay. That was the last time I watched television. The next eve, the next night he was supposed to be on, I turned it on and someone else is there and lo and behold, he's gone. And I haven't, I, my TV has not been on since then. Not even on at all. I think a lot of us would do very well with just shutting it off and leaving it off. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with it that way. I mean, there's- I mean, the, the US Open golf tournament was last weekend. And I didn't even know it until Sunday, and I happened to yeah, talk to one of I my saw uncles. An article about yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't even know. Do you know who won? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, see, I used to pay attention to that kind of thing, and you know, one of my uncles just passed away uh, Saturday. He was a member of Augusta National, and I never used to ever miss the ma the Masters, but I haven't watched it and. I think it's been three or four years. I have not watched a round of golf in several years. Yeah, um, they've just all of the all of the stuff has pushed me away to the point where I don't even give a crap. Why do I even have Dish? Well, so, so there, so we have streaming services, and I mentioned it to you before, and it's because uh, of my kids. Yeah. And, and we live out in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, you, you have to have something to do. My wife and I have, you know, a few shows that we watch. But I had mentioned something to her the other day. And, uh, you know, I'll probably probably be called a racist for saying this. But I, I, I looked at her and I said, have you ever noticed that there's no more white couples uh, in any of these shows? She's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, they're all interracial. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, commercials, TV, movies. I don't have a problem with that. I just have a problem that as a white male, I'm like an evil person. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just the epitome of evil, evil, and I've never done anything. I mean, I've done some shit in my life that, you know, I probably shouldn't have done or said some things I shouldn't have said. But inherently, I'm not an evil individual. I don't wish ill will on anyone. I mean, you know, we sit here and make fun of people and, and talk sarcastically, but I, 
I don't want anybody to, I don't want anybody to die or, you know, have cancer or, you know, heart disease or anything like that. I don't wish that on, on anyone. But people view me as an evil person because I'm, I'm a straight white male who loves God and happens to own a few weapons and believes in my country. So that makes me an evil person. It just happens to make me even more so because I'm straight and I'm white. Yeah. You know, and I'm supposed to feel guilty about that. And, and I don't. I mean, I, you know, we have this month is Pride Month. I don't need a month to single me out and to make me feel good about myself. I'm proud every day. Isn't it White Proud Month? Is that what it is? I mean, I'm proud to be white every day. You know, if you say that, somebody, would, somebody was, is likely to say, well, that's because you're racist. Well, I mean, black people should be proud to be black. Asians should be proud to be Asians. Hispanics should be proud. There's nothing wrong with being prideful. Now, if you're a narcissist, that's an issue. But I'm proud of, I'm proud that I, I was able to work to a point that one day I took my 401k and I sunk it into a business. I used my own money that I worked for. I didn't go to uh, you know, a, a, a bank or, or the small business association. I took my own money that I worked hard for that wasn't given to me. It wasn't handed down. I didn't inherit it. And I started my own company. I'm proud that I've raised three wonderful children. Two of them have graduated from college. Um, I, I'm proud that I, I've maintained a marriage for 30 years. Yeah, that's, that's probably the hardest. Of them. It, it, that's, you're probably right. That's been the hardest. Yeah. Thing. Uh, it's one of the hardest things to do in life, yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with being prideful. But I don't need someone else to tell me you should be proud of who you are. Right. I don't, I don't need acceptance. I don't need uh, someone to, uh, to tell me that. It, but I have had, you should be proud. When, when people meet my kids... You should be proud of your children. They're so well-mannered and, you know, they behave and, you know, they show respect. Yeah, okay, cool. I appreciate that. But I don't need you to tell me because I know. And I don't need a special month or a special day. Like, I, I you know, Father's Day was here and, and I'm a father and, you know, great. But it's not that big a deal. You know, but you have people that are like, we need to get rid of Father's Day because now fathers are bad. They're evil people. Oh, yeah. Look how well that worked out for the, the black population in this country. Oh, they certainly got rid of Father's Day in the black community, and they're proud of that. Yeah. Because I, I, I hate to say it, uh, and I'll say that, you know, the, the quiet part out loud, black people have been taken advantage of in this country. And, and I see 
where they're coming from. And I see where they feel like they've been mistreated. But they've been mistreated by the very people that they seem to think are on their side. Yeah. I, I will give it, I will, I will sit down and have a conversation, and I have, with, with friends that are black. I've tried to. And let me tell you, there are some, some black people out there that are like, yeah, we, we see it all the time. These people, yeah. you know, they, they, they yeah. understand they're not stupid. But, you know, I, contrary I don't, to what I don't get why, you know, I, I've done that and sometimes it works. You know, like, contrary funny, more than more than half the time, they won't change. No, and I, I but contrary to what Joe Biden said, uh, black kids are just as smart as white kids. Dude, we don't need you to tell us that. And black people don't need you to tell them that. They know. We all know. Now, if you don't, if you don't like, if you don't commit or if you don't put any effort in, you know, there's white people that walk around that can't read and write. That, 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 is that because of racism? No, it's because they didn't apply themselves. Yeah. You know, we've, I heard it the other day and I'm like, oh, you know, these, these cliches that we've grown up with and that have been shoved down our throat for years and years and years. It's always been about the haves and the haves and have-nots. I heard it again the other day. I, I don't remember who I heard say it. And I, wanted, I don't know if it was on television or, you know, it was probably some show I was watching. And, and you know, like I said, everything's politicized nowadays. And I'm like, you know what? It's never been about the haves and haves and have-nots. It's been about the do's and the don'ts. You know, if you go out and do something and make something of yourself, you're going to be successful. If you don't do anything, you're, what do you, you're not going to accomplish anything. You're not going to have money. You're not going to be able to buy things. You know, I've had... Well, yeah, it, it, I'm just thinking of a, a post that I made that has a, a couple of kittens in the back of my uh, one of my vehicles, and I mean they're adorable. I mean they're it's a felony how cute they are, but um, the bottom of the picture, I have my let's go Brandon license plate frame. And that turns off a certain number of people who are uh, Facebook friends and they won't comment because they don't want to put a like on a picture that has a let's go Brandon uh, license plate frame on it because that's political. So that's their problem. It's not my problem. So it's just how, how good a friend are they? You know, maybe I should cut that part out of the photo. I don't know. I, uh, I know where you're coming from on that. I've, I've gotten, uh, I've gotten to the point in my life where, uh, I, I kind of know who's a friend and who's not. 
And, yeah, uh, I, I you know, I, I just cut those people out of my life. I mean, you know, I, I've made it this far without anyone's assistance for the most part. I, it's not like you're doing me any favors. I, I, can, I can continue to exist without you. Well, for sure, yeah. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, if I disagree with someone. I'm talking about if you're a toxic individual, if you're just negative all the time, and you, you bring things into my life that are toxic and negative, I, I'm just going to say adios to you. And guess what? The next day is going to be just like the day before, where I'm going to carry on, and I'll have I'll have my own drama to deal with, but you your drama and your BS I don't I don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah. And I look at people and I say this quite often. I've forgotten about more friends than most people will ever have. And I, I said that to my wife recently, and and she said, you know, it's funny you say that because there are a lot of people that you and I knew I don't even remember their name, and I'm like that's because they were irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I said, I, I have sat here and tried to figure out some names of some people that I knew. And I'm not saying they were close friends, or, but I knew them. And I'm like, I don't even remember that person's name. And I'm like, that's because mm-hmm. they, they, really weren't, they really weren't important in my life. They weren't important enough for me to remember their name. Well, they were important, but... They weren't a friend. Yeah. You know? Not a true because, friend. Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're an acquaintance. I, I always draw that distinction. And there's nothing wrong with being an acquaintance. Very few of us ever get to a point where we have, let's say you get to uh, 70 years old and you're doing your your medical power of attorney or what have you. Uh, you're, you're taking a look at, okay, if I become like Joe Biden and I can't remember what my name is anymore, who will I trust with my bank account? Very few of us are ever at a point where we've got five people who are that trustworthy as friends or family Yeah. to say, I want... Alan Palm to be able to have act, full access to my bank account um, to sign the deed on my house to do what have you if I become incapacitated. Um, I don't know. I, I can't do it now. Um, no, and, I and I, in, I'm that person for a lot of people. I, I've been I mean, in that position too. Um, yeah. One of my very best friends, uh, after I moved here, came out here. And um, he died uh, unexpectedly. As a matter of fact, I had seen him three days prior to his passing. Uh, it was right around Thanksgiving. And 
we were going to have him and his new fiance over for Thanksgiving dinner. Well, it so happened that he had he was a chef and he had to work. So we postponed our Thanksgiving and we're going to have it uh, over the weekend or or when he was off. And I was at work and I get a phone call and and it's from his fiance and she's in, she's hysterical. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and um, she's like, hey, uh, something's happened to Eric. You need to come to the hospital. He's not doing well and so on and so forth. So, you know, I call my boss and I'm like, hey, you know, I just got a phone call. And Do you mind if I go to the hospital? And she's like, no, do what you need to do. And I go there and his mom is in the, so they're waiting for me to get there. And I walk into the ER area or the, you know, the, the foyer there. And I see his mom and his fiance and she comes running up and she's crying and, you know, carrying on. And his mom walks up and I'm like, oh, this is really serious. Mm. She flew here from Colorado. And uh, the next thing I know, they're like, He's gone. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's, she's like, he's, he's gone. And they had, um, he was on life support. And they waited for me to come to the hospital, but he was basically, you know, brain dead. And it turns out that he had a stroke. He was at work and, and he couldn't, you know, his head was falling over and he couldn't barely talk. And so, you know, instead of calling an ambulance, they, they take him to his girlfriend's work, and she's thinking he, you know, been drinking or something's weird's going on. And, uh... Oh, good grief. Yeah, they find out, you know, they find out that something medical is, you know, there's a medical emergency here, and, and they have him taken to the hospital. And so he... he they treated him and, and they said he was going to be okay, but he would need to go through rehabilitation and stuff. And that night, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, so, uh, uh, embolism, I guess, or something happened. Yeah. His Sounds brain. to me like he had a stroke. Yeah, he did have a stroke, but during the night, uh, he had a embolism or something at, at the base of his, uh, and his, mm -hmm. uh, and it shut down his his whole respiratory system, and and he died. But it was very strange, and and his I didn't know his mom well. I'd met her on some occasions, but I I didn't know her know her. But she knew that I was his best friend, and <clears throat> um, you know she she asked me to be present. And, and help her make decisions on organ donations and all this other stuff. So it's a very, uh, it's strange, but I mean, you know, to be included in that, you, you have to be a really good friend and a, a someone that someone trusts, you know, to make those kind of end of life decisions. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's tough. Um, but yeah, it was just a horrible situation. I mean, 
we were supposed to have Thanksgiving dinner, I think a couple of days later. And I had just seen him, like I said, they came by and, you know, he, he was around when my kids were little. Uh, but even, even if you're like a, you know, a godparent or something like that, that's someone that you really trust. And I had mentioned last episode, you know, that's one of the, the problems that we face in this country is nobody trusts anybody anymore. Yeah. I mean, well, for sure. It's, I don't know. I, I spent a year or a, a career having to be someone who was always in a fiduciary position with people. So, you know, knowing their secrets, knowing their money, knowing this, that, and the other thing. I mean, it's part of your job, I guess, when you're a lender or when you do uh, big financial deals with people. Um, but I've also had to be that person, like you're saying, who uh, is on a medical power of attorney, who is a who is, has some sort of uh, ongoing fiduciary responsibility in the event someone is sick or something happens to them. And yet, I would say I'd be hard pressed to put five people down on a piece of paper to say, I would want these one of these five people, just pick one, you know, uh, to serve that role. Yeah, it, it it's uh, tough to be in that situation when you're when you're one of those people for uh, I won't even say how many people. Yeah. Um. So that's a tough position. Um. You know, I'm honored when when folks do that, but it's like, but you know, and I've even had people say. But please don't ask me to do this for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because, you know, they they just know that they're not cut out for it. You know, there's a certain amount of. um, Well, I don't know if I want to say that word. Well, there's a certain amount of having to be an enforcer or being an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, because even though the will says one thing, uh, someone wants something else. You know, they it's because there's emotional attachment to something or what have you. And to someone has to stand up and say, no, that's not what's in the will. I have to sign off on this. So... You know, I even had to do that with my dad because there, uh, like, uh, his, his brothers and brother and sisters, they wanted to do some sort of a service or what have you. And he was adamant about nothing. I just want to do the cremation. I want, uh, you and Connie to just, that's my, his brother to go around and sprinkle the ashes around the old house and around the cemetery and the family cemetery uh, church that we donated the land for. 
and that's it. I don't want people coming who I haven't seen. Um, I'm alive now, and if they don't want to come and see me alive, I don't want them coming and talking at my service or whatever. I don't want a service, and I just don't want any of that. Well, sure enough, I get hit with it at lunch when they have all of this in mind that they're going to go over and put together their own little service. And I'm like, well, you can do that after we're done. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, they were just going to ignore that. I'm like, you know, I don't want to have to be the bad guy here, but if I have to be, then I sure as hell will, because that is not what he wanted. So, you know, it's, it's just sometimes you have to be the bad guy, even though you don't want to be. And people will see that. Um, and you have to be able to stand up to folks um, or for folks, you know. Um, and, and a lot of people do not have that in them to, to fight family or to fight a battle. Or it's just not... It's not how they're made. And and I've learned over time that most people are not made. No, and I'll be honest, uh, most, some of the time, not all the time, but some of the time family can be the worst in, situation, oh, yeah. in situations yeah. like that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've experienced it uh, with just an uncle. You know, and my uncle was found dead i mean you know he he kind of lived um you know as a hermit he just went off the grid and you know didn't talk to anybody and you know and they found him in his in his house and he had been dead for a while and then you know i'm getting phone calls from from my family you know, hey, can you go out there and help us and, you know, all this other stuff. And then it became, well, you know, so-and-so wants this and so-and-so wants that. And I said, you know what? And I had said this earlier. I said, um, I-, I don't want any part of it. I'm not interested in any of his stuff, um, whether he had money. I'm not interested in any of that. If you guys want to fight and argue over stuff like that, then you go ahead and you do so. But I made it this far without any, any of his stuff or, or with, without him. Um, you know, at one point, you know, I'd mentioned our family was close and, you know, my cousins and everybody. I don't even know where those people are anymore. And uh, I said, you know, I'm sorry that he's no longer here, but I haven't heard from the man in years and uh, I'm not interested in any of his stuff. If you guys want to you know, fight and argue over whatever the man has, then you go right ahead. Um, but I made it this far without any of his stuff, or if he had money, I, I don't, I don't care. And so sometimes family can be the worst. And instead yeah. of instead of going there and and you know, and my dad ended up, you know, doing the right thing and you know, taking care of everything, and he, but he needed help. But then it became this whole drama thing, and I'm like, I just don't even want to know. 
<laughs> no, I'll just stay where I'm at and let you guys handle yeah. everything. Uh, <clears throat> and then come to find out, um, he had signed over his his house and his land to me and my sister, which was several years ago. I still have yet to go to that property. It's in New Mexico. I, I just, I'm like, hey, thanks. You know, I, I didn't ask for it, didn't want it, whatever. You know? Um, That's where the gold is. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think part of the reason he might have done that, too, was uh, soon after we, we had gotten, you know, the the property. Uh, so this property borders a, a Indian reservation and it's out in the middle of nowhere, but it's in an HOA. And he was feuding with the HOA because they weren't maintaining the roads. Um, you know, there was, there was no water, you know, going to any of these places out there. And so he didn't pay his HOA dues for like six years now it's not a lot of money uh but my sister contacts me and she's like well we got to catch up on the dues and stuff and i'm like okay and i'm like son of a gun my dad probably found that crap out and didn't want to pay for it so that's why he gave it to us <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if that's the truth but i'm just saying uh, he he just didn't want the the headache, but I mean it was his brother, so you know I'm sure he wanted to get that stuff over with as seamlessly as possible, and I don't blame him. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean I don't I don't know I don't know that if I that I have a close enough friend that. You know, I would say, hey, if something happened to my wife and I, you have power of attorney or, you know, you, you, you are in charge of my estate, whatever. Uh, and I had a conversation one time with my former father-in-law, God rest his soul. Um, and he was friends with a guy. And he looked at me one day and he said, you know, best friends are like a wife or a, a spouse. You're lucky if you find the right one. Because most of the time, like you were saying, people are normally not, they're just acquaintances or they're, it's not a best friend. It's just a friend. And, and uh, he, he gave me a newspaper clipping, and I don't know what I did with it. And, and this is kind of paraphrasing because it's been years and years ago. But it was a, a guy who had wrote something, it's just a little short paragraph, where he said he was sitting on his porch with his best friend for hours and hours and hours. And they never said two words to each other. And his friend gets up to, he says, I'm, I'm going to go home. And he starts to walk off. And he's walking, you know, down the sidewalk, and his friend looks at him, and they had never, not spoke, like I said, they didn't speak two words to each other. Was there all day. And as he walked away, he said, that was the best conversation I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but he said, you're lucky if you find someone that you want to spend time with. 
You're going to fight. You're going to argue. You're going to have different opinions. You know, you're, you're going to disagree. You might even fist fight. But you, but you want to spend time with that person. And he said it's, it's literally almost like a marriage, having that kind of a friend. Yeah. You know, and, and they used to fish a lot. So he, he lived up in um, Salida. And they used to fish a lot up in Buena Vista and, and hunt and all that stuff. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think it was either his, I think it was his license plate. It said one more cast. And that was their thing. Like they would be out ice fishing and it'd be cold as shit. Man, it's cold. I'm, I'm freezing. One more cast. That was their thing. Uh, because they enjoyed being around each other. You know, and they did everything together, just like a husband and wife would. And he said, you, you know, most people never find that in their life. I certainly don't know that, you know, I've had some people that I considered a really, really good friend. But I don't know that I've ever had a best friend. Hmm. Well. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I have several good friends, but, um, and yet I don't know that I consider any of them, anyone best. I mean, they're friends. And right. for me, I've always collected people who are acquaintances. But, you know, when you're military and you're moving around all the time, mm -hmm. then, I mean, it, Unfortunately, you don't get to be very long-term friends with people, but there are several who I've been friends with for many, many years in many different situations. And um, I mean, I don't have a friend who knows everything there is to know about me. I mean, that is what a lot of, especially women, Look at, uh, oh, my best friend knows everything there is to know about me. Yeah, I don't know that guys are wired that way. No, women are much more into the whole, oh, yeah, we know everything there is to know about mm. Okay, fine. Well, I don't know any guy who's that way. Um, and especially me, because I'm a very compartmentalized personality. There's uh, someone who's known me for 30 years knows these things. Someone else who's known me for 30 years knows these other things. Mm -hmm. If they're to have a conversation with one another, they're going to learn things they didn't know. Yeah. Oh, is that the same guy? Well, yeah. It's just a matter of perspective. Um, so I don't see anything wrong with that, but then I'm a compartmentalized personality. So... Someone else might look at it and say, well, why do you keep such and such secret from whatever? But there isn't a need for them to know, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, the whole thing, yeah. Exactly. Why does someone need to know? You didn't that know I that played? because you didn't need to. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It just doesn't come up. It's like uh, whatever with golf. Okay, well... I had no idea you were such a, a good golfer. I didn't, you never play. I, like, no, I never did. That was from a long time ago. 
uh, a little like when we played. Mm. I, I played very little golf after 1980. I mean, I used to play all the time. Yeah. And between 19, other than 1997, which was kind of a rehab year, and Howard and I, Howard got me to start playing golf again. I basically stopped. Other than 97, I don't think I've, I've played more than 15 rounds in a year after 1980. Hmm. And yet I was pretty much a, a, a three handicap or lower mm-hmm. that entire time. I just didn't, didn't play. Yeah. I loved my work. So if you knew me before 1980, you're going to know that, oh, yeah, he plays golf all the time. If it's after then, then you're going to think, well, I didn't even know that the dude played golf. Yeah, that's similar you know? to me. So I, I, I was so, the same way. Yeah. So I mean, I, like, I don't believe I've played. I don't believe that I've played much golf since, well, in the past 15 years. Yeah. I mean, I have. That, but when is I, that keeping something from someone? Yeah, no. Or is that just that's uh, just not that big of a deal? You know, it's like well, <laughs> well it's like when I went to uh, so they have a core golf center here. It's similar to uh, like a Top Golf or whatever, and you just you just go and it's it's like a driving range, but you can play a round of golf, a virtual round of golf. And I called a a guy that I know locally here and uh, said, hey, let's go hit some golf balls. And I thought we were just going to go to the driving range. He invited me to go to this other place because I had been wanting to go there, but I I just don't pick up my golf clubs very often. And uh, so I went. And, you know, I, I wasn't hitting the ball like I used to, obviously. And he looked at me and he said, how long has it been since you've picked up your golf clubs and I said at least 10 years he's like wow I mean I wasn't like you know whiffing the, on the ball or anything like that I was actually hitting it pretty pretty solidly and, and getting some some good drives and stuff but he just couldn't believe I hadn't picked up my clubs in that long I said man I, I used to play when I was in the nightclub business I used to play every day mm-hmm because I, I in, unless I was working with Sam during the day, but I played with uh, the maintenance guy from uh, Rodeo, and he was he was a good golfer, and we played during the day because there was nothing else to do. I mean, you, you weren't working, you know. If you work at night, you have the whole day to do stuff. So I played golf all the time, at least three times a week. Now I never got to be as good as you were. Uh. May, I mean, when I moved here, I played a lot when I first moved here and played with a lot of coworkers. And I even, I even went and seen a pro and, you know, I had some, some issues going on and, and I'm like, Hey, I, I need some help. And I'm went through one of those, you know, phases where you just can't do anything right. And, uh, spent some money and, and spent some time with a golf pro and, and, uh, had, had joined the PGA uh, member. I got a PGA membership and all that other stuff. You're a PGA tour partner or whatever the crap they call that. And, you know, I've got all kinds of hats from all the tournaments and 
I just all of a sudden one day just didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I just don't have time. And like I said, uh, a couple of weeks ago was the first time I picked up my clubs in at least, at least six or seven, eight years. Um, but I mean, you, you know as well as I do, uh, there was a, a whole group of us. I mean, I've played with Larry I don't know how many times in tournaments and, you know, with... Mm -hmm. uh, with you and, and all kinds of other people. We, we used to golf all the time. Oh, yeah. Larry plays all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you like that guy. He's like, I didn't know you golfed. Well, I didn't tell okay. you. I didn't tell you. Now you know. Yeah. It just never comes up. It's like it's not that important. So, you know, I get that, you know, People will say, oh, wow, it's like I never knew you. So, uh, no one's ever said that, but, you know, oh, it's like all these years I've known you and yet I never knew you sort of reaction. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've got more important things to, sit, to do than sit around and tell you everything about me. That it just sounds like a little boring. You, do you really want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, some people do. Even you know, so I don't know. I just uh, I figure that I don't let that many people close to me, and uh, if I spend uh, if I have more than one conversation a month with you, then you have value to me, mm -hmm. and a lot of folks I know I only will see or talk to a couple of times a year yeah but they have value to me you know if if i can if i introduce you as a friend you're a friend mm -hmm. I, I i don't know that i that i look at it uh any differently yeah but if i don't if you don't have value to me then i'm not going to spend any time with you oh it's amazing it's amazing yeah, to I, me uh the, the times that I've gone back to Colorado and, you know, I'd post something on social media and so-and-so would be like, hey, how come you didn't let me know you're in town? <laughs> and, you know, right. you know uh, well, um, I didn't feel like it was important to let you know. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah, I didn't you want to really, I didn't really say that. It's like you really, you know, that's what's really going on. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go out of my way to, to see people that, you know, don't mean anything. I'm, I mean that in the nicest way possible, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of how that comes across to most people. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. well it's, it's not that I don't care about you, but... It, you're not yeah. my you're not on my priority list at that time. You know, if I, happen to, I happen to run across you great. If I don't, I'm not gonna feel bad. No offense. No but. offense. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, but there's also yeah. other things that play into that too. Like, you know, you can't visit everybody. 
You know, when you have well, a, yeah. you know, you've got two families that you're trying to visit and, you know, all these people want to see you. And it's like, man, I don't have time for everybody. You know, I'll catch you on the next trip or whatever. We can talk on the phone or what, whatever. Uh, you know, but there are those people that you're like, I just don't, I didn't want to see you. <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah. And they never get the point. The, Hint either so, but yeah, I I just figure that there are, I've never had that many people like that around me though because it's like I just don't even they never get to the point where they're important enough to even be around much. Well, and you know, the, I, you, you know, know, I was a DJ at Cowboys, and and I mean, yeah, we we also had that uh, Saturday night broadcast on on the radio oh yeah uh from nine to midnight we were live and so everybody knew who i was and i mean i would have people come up to me ron that i never even hey man what's going on how are you and i'm like i don't know you i don't know you i don't know what makes you think we're friends <laughs> now i i had a job to do so i had to play you know the 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 good guy and hey how's it going and shake their hand and you know because they were customers right yeah but if i saw that person the next day in public i would have never known who they were but lo and behold when i was in public and and this happened i, I think i may have told you a few times just where you would never think it would happen so uh other than the NFR, you know, we've been out there a few times for the NFR in Vegas. My wife and I had taken some trips to Vegas, and I'm in, I'm in freaking, it's either Circus Circus or, uh, I can't remember. It might have been the MGM, but somebody yells from across the, across the casino. Hey, there's um, I'm like, my wife's like, what? Um, like, we were there by ourselves. Like, doing our own thing, right? And then we were in Chicago, and we were on vacation in Chicago, and uh, we had left uh, Planet Hollywood or something like that, and we turned the corner, and I run into this guy. And it happens to be a dude from, from Colorado Springs who was also a DJ in a different club and on a radio station. And my wife's like, no way. How, how is it that you happen... We're on a cruise one time in the Bahamas, and there's a guy on there, and he keeps staring at me, and I keep looking at him, and my wife's like, who is that? And I'm like, I don't know, but he keeps looking at me, and it's kind of creeping me out. <laughs> and I walk over there, and, and I said, hey, uh, is there a reason you and I keep exchanging <laughs> glances? <laughs> you know? And he's like, I know you from somewhere. And come to find out, we worked together. He was in the Air Force. Stationed in Colorado Springs, and he was a bouncer part time at Cowboys. Uh -huh. And but this was years later, like years later. And we had both kind of changed, you know, older and looked different. And uh, you know, I had long hair, and you know, so we didn't really make the connection at first. And then he told me his name, I'm like, holy, crap. we used to walk the floor together you know, before I became a DJ and was just a bouncer and stuff. 
And, uh, well, the strangest one, I think, was we were in Mexico one time and somebody knew me there. My wife's like, we can't go anywhere without some. And I'm not saying I was a celebrity. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, but I had a radio show, and that radio show went all the way to Denver and, you know. Yeah. So, so they, people would hear me, or, or if they came in the club, they knew who I was. And so, you know... You're you're out in public and somebody sees you, they're gonna you know hey well, oh my gosh it's the DJ from you know Cowboys and I'm like oh my my wife was like we can't go anywhere so it was it was strange I didn't I didn't technically like it you know because there was always drama involved sometimes and and you know people knew who you were and. You know, you, you just really didn't have, it's, again, I'm not celebrity status, but you, it's kind of like, you know, I'm a private guy. And, uh, you know, I don't like this necessarily like the attention like that. But. Uh, well, it, I think that is, uh, I think that's something about media that, a lot of folks don't understand because media, I mean, you'll, you'll have like stalkers in different industries and mm. actors and actresses are an industry. So are media that, you know, they're doing a radio show or something. And you're right. There's, there's people who will pick up on you and recognize you and think of you as a, as a friend or someone who, uh, I don't know, is particularly useful to society or not useful to society. That would be the people who listen to this show. Um, <laughs> both of them. Yeah. They're, they're sitting around saying, why am I listening to these two guys? I know more than they do. So, you know, we don't have to worry about that. But, you know, the average radio show person, uh, a DJ at a club. Yeah, everyone in the club is going to know who you are because you're the guy who's playing the music all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just there's they just pick up like there's some sort of a relationship. They relate to you because you do X. Yeah. And a lot of folks in the uh, newspaper industry are that way, too. You know, writers, editorial people, sports writers, that sort of thing. And I think that a, a number of folks in media, uh, as a as something I've observed over the decades, is they they tend to take themselves seriously. They tend to think of the the adulation, if you will, the recognition to them that you're talking about is they recognize me. Right. And they uh, want to think that we're, we know one another or something. And I wish they'd just go away. Well, that's just recognition. That's not something that is a, a big deal. But I think a lot of folks in media take that recognition and they make something, make it mean something as though they're important that they have value, that they uh, are significant. 
And it's just because people recognize you. Yeah. It's not because you're some great person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of folks in media, like the, the Twitter people, the, oh, I'm a, I would say, uh, I'm a, a non-influencer on social media because <laughs> I don't influence anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to, don't try to, don't care if I do. Thank you very much. Well, these people, they think they're influencing people, like they're important. And I'm sure that they are important to some folks, but not to me. Well, I could have, I could have, I could easily claim celebrity status and say, oh, all these people knew me. I mean, I was offered a guest gig at, um, uh, a nightclub in Denver, the biggest nightclub in Denver at the time. Oh, and now I know who it is. Okay. Yeah, you know who, who the, the place, and they want they were going to pay for a hotel room, free drinks, my food, everything, travel, all that stuff, just to come down and play music and show their DJ how to play music. Now, Sam told me to get bent. You're not taking the night off. I'm not allowing you to do that. You're not doing that. Yeah. So that didn't ever materialize. But they were, but, but, but there, there were a lot of people. And I'll tell you what prompted that. So, again, that, that live show, we had a lot of people coming from that club to Colorado Springs. And they were going back, and and they were hearing this, and they're like, "Hey, wait a minute!" And then they listened on to the to the show, and and so, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, you know, I know it's just a nightclub, but I mean, it's it's a pretty for someone who who's just a nightclub DJ to have someone say, "Hey," and we heard about you. They called me. They called me actually at work. And, uh, hey, we want you to, you know, make a guest appearance, and we're going to pay all your expenses and pay you for the night and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I think what, what you're getting to is that that can go to your head. And I think these people that consider themselves influencers, they also consider themselves celebrities. Yeah. Like, I am a very important part of someone's day. And without me, what's their day really going to be like? Because I'm an influencer, and I'm a very important person. You know, I have my own television show. I mean, I could care less if five people listen to the show. I, I, don't, I, I mean, I'd like for more to listen to it because I think that we have a lot of important things and interesting conversations and, and important... Um, analysis of of certain situations but i'm not i'm not sitting here thinking oh i'm gonna be you know joe rogan i hope to be joe rogan one day and making millions of dollars that doesn't even cross my mind um but if you were to get to that position you know you either you have a not you have a choice to make you let it go to your head and you think that that you are special and that without you, certain things cease to exist or are not important, whatever. 
But these people, these elitists, the ones that I had mentioned earlier, not just in politics, but in mass media, uh, or, or in positions of power, think that without them, things just aren't going to be, they're just, they're just going to not be normal. You know, because my influence, without my influence, it's, it's like when Don Lemon got fired. Yeah. You know, he, he has this ego about him that, how, how dare you fire me, number one? But without me, man, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. You know, Tucker didn't do that. He just went on his merry way. Ah, Piss on. I mean, if you're that confident, you would think being fired is not that big a deal. I'm good enough to where I can go somewhere else and, and, and do the same thing. I haven't seen him land a freaking job yet. You know, I don't see him on Twitter getting millions and millions of views on a three-minute freaking, you know, video. Nobody gives yeah. a crap. But, he, but him, personally, <laughs> thinks that he is an influencer and very important to our democracy. Yeah. I mean, seriously, dude? That'd be like Ron and Alan thinking that without their podcast, our democracy would be in peril. Yeah. But, but to your point, I think that these people, uh, and, and on doesn't matter what, you know, who they affiliate with. I think it's on both sides from, from oh, both. Yeah. yeah. They think that they're, they're special and that... You know, because I said it makes it true. And and if you don't believe me, man, you need to probably switch channels and go listen to the other people. Yeah, I think that's what the Internet has done to a lot of the, uh, what do they call it, uh, media, though the ones that have been around for a while, traditional media, you know, the ABCs and NBCs and CBSs of the world and uh, and uh, the Wall Street Journal and, and uh, the Denver Compost and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Where they've become, they became accustomed to uh, all this recognition, to which, of course, they give themselves. No Everyone at the correspondence dinner, in other words, <laughs> yeah, who yeah, they think they're all fired important and no one else gives a shit. Um, they think they're important. They give themselves awards. And yet the public never has given a crap about it. And I think that when people could go to other channels on cable or they didn't have to read the, a newspaper, they could go on Facebook because they trusted people they knew more than they trusted uh, the newspaper. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that Facebook's a very good way to be collecting news, but I, I know people all over the world. I hear all kinds of things from, I learn all kinds of things from people. Right. That, and different perspectives and things. I'm not looking for uh, current events, I'm looking for trends. And 
and I think Facebook is good for that. Mm -hmm. Now, is it a great way to get your news? I, I don't think so. I don't but, either know. Yeah, but uh, I think that the 2016 election taught us that it's probably more reliable. And, you know, the, the old media of the major networks and the, and the various newspapers, uh, they, after the 2021, they've taken a, a hit so bad, I don't know that they ever recover. That because no one, no one thinks of them as being that reliable any longer. Most of us know that they've just been lying to us and they're not that smart. So I don't know that you can ever rebuild trust like Walter Cron Cronkite had. You know, he could, if he were still alive, he could go back on that network and they're still not going to gain ratings. Because people know, people are on to them. So, you know, I just think that, that too many of these media people gave themselves far too much credit. Uh, and they've, they've lost it. You know, I think the world's looking for maybe, maybe it's, maybe it is Twitter. Maybe the, the bumper sticker sort of news is where we're headed. I don't think so, but it's all. Well, I think it's a, a I think a, a, a good point to, to add to that is it shows how broken our country is. Well, yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, we're broken politically. Uh, we're broken uh, when it comes to knowing the truth. You know, our 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 journalists and and our news outlets are broken. Um, our law enforcement agencies are broken. And the, the worse and worse it gets, um, how do people not become broken? And we see that people are becoming broken. Yeah. And, and we just don't care about one another. Yeah, I think we've, at least, I'll say it for me, cynical, Oh, I'm extreme. I'm all, never, I'm all about cynical. You right know, I now. used to be pretty. I used to be a pretty uh, optimistic person, but I I find myself. I, that's why I had to get rid of cable. I mean, I just had to get rid of it. Um, my wife had pointed out to me, and I was just stressed all the time, and you know. But I spent a lot of time watching the news, and you know, getting getting into that that. Uh, that toxic environment where, you know, you become politicized and you become that person that's uh, sees everything through that prism, right? Yeah. And she's like, you're always angry and you're so, you know, you're screaming at the TV and, you know, why do you sit and watch that? You know, it, was, it wasn't like I just watched Tucker when I first started. I watched them all. And then you just become that mass... Uh, uh, formation psychosis. You become a part of that. Yeah. 
And you just start to become this person that's angry and bitter and, you know, oh my gosh, it, it's the end of the world. Our democracy's falling apart and, you know, it's chaos. And, but it is. But you, you don't have to let it just eat you alive. And, uh, I, you know, I started to pay attention to what she was saying. And, and I'm like, yeah, you know, she's making a good point. And so we got rid of that crap. And, I, I mean, I, I spend very little time. I used to tell every, you know, I have a, a private Facebook. And it's friends only. And, and, you know, I don't post anything to the public. And I used to get on there and tell all my, you know, friends happy birthday and all that stuff. I, I don't do that anymore. Because I don't spend a lot of time with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a better person for it. You know, you've mentioned Ben Carson on the show numerous times, and, and we've talked about him. And, and he, I was watching him one time, and he said, if you don't think that there, we're a divided country and that people are full of hate, go on Facebook. And it doesn't matter what the topic is. Within five responses to the original post, it starts to turn toxic. And, and the hate begins between people that don't even know each other. Yeah. And, That's and, when it's worse. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most people wouldn't say that kind of stuff in public to someone's face. Number one, they don't have the courage. Number two, it's just, that's not how people, you know, people aren't normally like that. You know, there's, there's hateful people, don't get me wrong. But you don't walk into a department store or a grocery store or anything like that and see people saying things like that to each other. You know, they're not beating the hell out of each other. They're not doing that kind of stuff. You may see that in New York on the subway or something like that. But I mean, you know, most people are, you know, they, they don't talk to each other that way. They don't treat each other that way. But you go on social media, man, you are king of the world. And you say some things to people that you would normally not say. Yeah. And then everybody else piles on. And it's easy to get sucked into. Um, I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm not. I mean, I've said some things to people online. I got put in Facebook jail a few times. You know, big deal. Um, put me in timeout. Like, I care. Some of it was legit and some of it wasn't. Like, at one time I told you I called somebody a tool. Oh, yeah. And they put me in <laughs> Facebook jail. I'm like, uh, how do you know I wasn't implying they were a hammer or a screwdriver? Yeah. I mean, well, seriously? Well, because you told them to get screwed. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> but I mean, you hear that stuff on television. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay for your kids to watch a, a TV show. Now, it wouldn't be, you know, my kids, you know, we kind of didn't let them watch certain things, but they hear worse stuff in school. You know, because they, like I said, they always use uh, the children for everything. You know. Yeah, um, exactly. 
We got to do that for the children. But, but hey, your kid needs to go to a transgender story hour in a drag show. It's yeah, all backwards. It's so. all backwards. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you hear Tucker say that this is a battle between good and evil, just look at what the Vatican's doing now. And it says in the Bible that people will start to worship false gods and and do all this crazy stuff. And the Vatican is now, you know, uh, implementing LGBTQ uh, tolerance and, and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about that. That those, yeah. are, those are more signs of the end of times. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's not a healthy place, and uh, I don't know. I guess that's just a. I, I, I don't know that that uh, is a topic to jump on at the end here. No, probably not. Because I think that's kind of more of a wrap up. That sure enough, things are pretty screwed up out there. Um, but out there is out there, and what we want to do is uh, not be one of the people who are screwed up. Um, no, and I and think... We want to be people who try to... to help the situation. And, and I think we need to... Uh, I think we need to get more into, in, in upcoming episodes, more of the, the contract or, or whatever it is that we're calling it that, that you had sent me. Um, the petition... Uh, and our, our grievance, our push for the, the, the acknowledgement that we're all looking for from those who are supposed to be so-called representing us. And, uh, you know, put some, some more e effort into that uh, and get that, that ball rolling. Yeah, that makes sense because... Uh, things are really unraveling faster than, than a lot of folks thought. Um, and, and I don't want to be election censored. Um, no, man. I just would not have predicted six months ago that Donald Trump would be uh, facing going on a trial for espionage. I mean, not in my wildest dreams. No, I, not, I, I never got that cynical. No, and I and I beat myself up for being cynical all the time. And I'm like, um, wow, it's way worse than I'm giving myself credit for. Yeah. <laughs> I should because, be more cynical than I was the other day. Yeah, exactly. It, this this cynicism is uh, much more real. Uh, I'm I'm reacting in a real way, uh, this is not some um, phobia. Yeah. Things are really screwed up. So yeah, I think it does make some sense to get into, into that. Um, I just think it may skip right past a petition to you know, I, I I do have to wonder if we're not going to be facing rioting in the streets instead of debate. 
well, there's no and, debate and, going on at all. But if that's what it takes, I think that we need to... Um, I think that we really need to start pushing and, and, and really start emphasizing that, hey, look, you know, we, we, have, we have people that are getting away with crimes. We have people that are getting away with, you know, undermine, really undermining our country, the Constitution, trampling on our rights, and doing things that uh, the Founding Fathers and those who have fought and died for this country would never tolerate. And that... We need to start putting the emphasis on those things and the emphasis on how do we solve, how do we prevent this from going any further uh, and, and do the clawback, like you had mentioned, on the things that we've already had to experience. Yeah. And I think we need to get, I think we really need to get into that and... Uh, and start putting the emphasis on, listen, you know, we have all these podcasts, we have all these shows, and we have all these, these people on television telling us all this bad stuff. But we don't have anybody offering solutions and how we're going to make it stop. Because we're the only ones that are going to make it stop. Mm-hmm. And if we yeah. don't, and if we don't, you think it's bad now. What's it going to be like? And that's what pisses me off about people in general. You know, we've asked the question numerous times. What's it going to take? What, what's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back? What's it going to take for people to say, okay, you know, we, we've, we've tolerated a lot, but this is it. This is the final straw. What what is that? And do we want to wait till it gets to that point? Because when it gets to that point, it's all over but the crime. Yeah, I'm surprised that we're not there. I really am. I went from wondering when is that going to happen or or anticipating what that event might be to wondering why haven't we had that sort of reaction you know, to I, several things well I, I would point I would make this point if Nancy Pelosi would have at the end of Donald Trump's State of the Union if she would have ripped up his State of the Union and then turn around and grab the Constitution and tore it in half would we still see people not do anything and just go, oh my gosh, I just, there, there would be a huge outcry and that's it? I, I mean, I, I, mean yeah, I, I literally I don't think, think there would be. I, I literally think that people would have went, you know, that's uh, freedom, to, freedom of expression. Yeah. Because that's been pounded into our brains. You know, be, you know, be, uh, be a little more uh, accepting and, you know, tolerant. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I and all of it is is a way to get you to shut up and not say anything. I mean, no, but Ron, seriously, and I know we're we're gonna wrap it up, but seriously, yeah. no one can sit here and convince me that Joe Biden and his son were not paid money to by other countries to gain them favor. Yeah, and we all know it. The FBI yeah. knows it. The government knows it. And nobody does anything about it. Yeah. So what's to prevent anybody in the future, whether it be a senator, uh, a, a member of the House, or a future president, from making backroom deals with other countries for money and, and being compromised and selling out our own freaking land and our own citizens just for a little bit of money and nothing happens. Yeah. Whether it's a Democrat or a Republican, it should never happen. Well, it makes me ask this, the cynical piece of me says, how do we know that hasn't been going on? Well, I mean, that's a great point and a great question because we don't. And you know yeah, why? We because we are yeah. too stupid and we can't handle the truth. Yeah, you know the the Jack Nicholson big big uh, uh, moment in in the trial in that movie where he said you can't mm -hmm. handle the truth. Well, that's how they look at us. Yeah, you're incapable of handling the truth. So it is our job because we're smarter and we know more than you to make sure that we shield you from the truth. Because man, you would you would lose your shit if you knew the, the actual truth. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. That that uh, I, uh, my my real question isn't isn't whether or not it has been happening. It's for how long. Because um, there's no doubt in my mind that people have been trading uh, political influence or access for money for or other things for quite a long time well i just don't know how long it's been well we do know this we do know that it's been going on for at least 47 years because that's how long <laughs> joe biden has been in politics <laughs> well i don't know that he figured it out 47 years ago but... i don't know i mean if you look at his campaign speeches and when he was on the road talking to people uh, some of the things that he said in his career, um, what was it? Uh, something about, uh, I think they accused him of being, uh, taking bribes years ago. Yeah. And he said something sarcastic about, uh, wouldn't take much or something like that. I mean, I don't remember. I'd have to pull it up and, and play it, but I, I think that that's a, 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 a good starting point. <laughs> that well, I, I do think that the intersection of his career, Ted Kennedy's career, and uh, John McCain's career is where I would look for when it became commonplace. Mm -hmm. The 70s. Yeah. Um, I would say that that that's roughly 19, roughly 1970 
So that's 50 years ago, 53 mm. years ago. I would say that is pretty much right on target with what my estimate is on on things. But it, it could be longer than that. Now, if yeah, you, if you isn't that cynical? Yeah, well, if you if you break it down and say oh, individual corruption go, has been going on forever, but institutional oh, yeah. corruption, uh, as far as our government and the institutions. That's going to be hard to figure out. I think that is something that is a is a good militia, a joint militia project. You know. Well, I mean, we don't have so to wrap it up and and to segue into the next episode. We don't have we don't have access to the truth to get us to get us those answers. Right. That's the that's the hard part to have to overcome. How do we get access to, you know, these so-called journalists? Uh, you know that they don't they don't investigate. We don't have investigative journalists like we used to. They sit in a studio all day, and somebody writes their monologue, and then they go on and give their opinions. So nobody's out. You know the only. You know what happens to investigative journalists? Ask Stephen Wen or whatever his uh, Stephen No, the mm -hmm. the guy who you know got brain damage for for doing real investigative journalism. Now, some may say, well, what about the guys that go you know into the the war zones and stuff like that? That's very few and far between anymore. You know, they're, they're behind enemy lines, and they're standing on the rooftop of a hotel in downtown frickin' Iraq where there's nothing really going on, and they're, they're giving their opinion, or they're giving information that someone has given to them. They've not gone out and done any investigating. If there are, it's, it's, it's a dying breed. It's kind of like trying. Well, it's kind of yeah. like trying to find the uh, the appliance repair guy anymore. You don't even do that anymore. You know why? Because number one, it's too expensive. Number two, you can't find anybody that works on that stuff anymore. So you just go out and you buy a new one. Yeah, I think there's limitations put on these investigative quote unquote investigative reporters. On yeah, you can work on on that if you want to, but. It uh, cannot go beyond such and such, or here's your boundaries on that. Because and then the editor gets a hold of it and chops it yeah. up. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just silences them. So, um, oh, I'm just getting more and more cynical by the minute. Well, I, I these are things. Time that, to go. Yeah, these are things we're going to get into. Uh, I think I think we need to get into these pretty extensively and and ramp up our. Uh, and I'll pull that stuff from the internet, um, just so folks know. Uh, check it out on um, an inquiry okay. freedom com. And we will see you Thursday. Thanks again for uh, listening. We'll see you. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs>